The NFL draft inches closer, and the closer it inches, the more excited we get here on the Dolphins in Depth show. And as we inch closer to the NFL draft, star of the show, Adam Beasley, we know that all NFL teams are starting to do their mock drafts. Most of them do up to a dozen scenarios that they look over to see how they would react on draft afternoon slash evenings coming up. We're going to do the same thing. What do you think about that? Okay, do you think any of those, and I'm excited, I can't wait to do this, but do you think in any of those uh, scenarios, any of these mock drafts they've done, uh, either Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence falls to them at six? No, I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) And thus we're not going to include them in our mocking because then that would open us to – just tons of mocking, and I, you know, if we get enough on our own, we don't need to like throw up alley oops for mocking. It's just. I mean, I'm just right. gonna say, I'm just gonna say a name, Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, well, I don't see Trevor Lawrence <laughs> donning a, a a gas mask. Uh, I don't in- get that. <laughs> I don't see good Christian person Trevor Lawrence doing that. And I don't see good Mormon person, you know, Kyle Wilson or whatever his name is. Doing uh, Zach. That. I, I think his name is Zach. That whatever. <laughs> I, I don't care what his name is because the only time I'm going to have to worry about the guy is twice a year when the Dolphins play the Jets. Yeah. That's, okay. You're, you're 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 probably right. You're you're, okay. you're you're probably right that I will not be able to take Trevor Lawrence or, or, or no. Zach Wilson when I make no. my pick at six. So what we're going to do in the uh, Caddy, Mondo, and uh, star of the show, Adam, mock draft is we're going to handle best case and worst case scenarios at each of the Dolphins' first four positions. And obviously, it's two in the first round, two in the second round, and let's get started. What do you say, Adam? Okay, uh, I just want to know the ground rules. Am I allowed to make trades or no? You are allowed to not make trades. Mm. You cannot make trades in this mock. You have a situation that you must handle, and that's how it's going to roll. So I'm locked into, was it 6, 18, 36, and 50? Are those the four picks? That is correct. Okay. All right. I, I, I can play this game. This should be fun. All right. So with the number six pick in the NFL draft, the Dolphins are on the board, and... Jamar Chase is gone, and Penay Sewell is present, and Devonta Smith is available, and Waddle is available, and yes, Kyle Pitts is there. Your pick oh, is oh, your, so so you're, you're you're telling me Kyle Pitts has been passed over by the Atlanta Falcons? I am telling you that not only did the Falcons pass him over, but there was no team that traded up to get him, and the Cincinnati Bengals went with Jamar Chase. Well, we'll just say this. In this scenario, Chris Greer is the luckiest man alive. Fortune has really smiled his his happy face on Chris Greer because not only did he get the number three pick out of Laramie Tunsil in addition to a first-round pick last year, he, would, he has parlayed that number one pick into more draft picks, including a first-rounder two years from now. And if he's able to do all that and still get the number two player in the draft, he is living right. And so I, I am certain, without a shadow of doubt in my brain, that my pick is Kyle Pitts at number, two, at number six. 
because in the eyes of many, he's the number two prospect in the draft, and he is going to be an absolute stud in the National Football League. I don't care that they have Mike Kosecki. I don't care that there is still some lingering questions at wide receiver. You take a generational talent and you make it work. I agree with you that in that scenario, that's what the Dolphins would do. Let me be on the record right now, okay? Kyle Pitts, to me, I don't (laughs) – a lot of people are calling him a unicorn. A lot of people are calling him the greatest tight end prospect to come out since tight end prospects were invented. I'm lukewarm, okay? I'm sorry. I, I, I like him. I don't love him. I don't know. I I just don't see the 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 great ball skills, and I don't see the 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 toughness that it's going to require to be a great NFL tight end. So I'm probably wrong. I'm obviously in the minority, and that's why I want to move on as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a that is a bold take because it runs counter to a lot of the conventional wisdom surrounding the National Football League. Uh, I think he is going to be an absolutely incredible player, and I think you can play him in line. I think you can play him in the slot, and I think you can play him at the X. So that that to me is his added value that, yes, if he was just a tight end, I would have some questions. He's not just a tight end. He's a guy that can play all over the field. And uh, he will immediately become uh, the Dolphins' best offensive weapon. He is that good in my mind. So let's handle the worst-case scenario. And you got to love this one. Because it's quite possible, by the way, that Kyle Pitts is gone and Jamar Chase is gone. And on the board, when the Miami Dolphins are on the clock, are Panay Sewell, all the offensive tackles, uh, you know, Devonta Smith is there, Waddle is there, a bunch of other. In fact, the only wide receiver not there is Jamar Chase because mm-hmm. he went to the Bengals. So in that worst-case scenario, you pick who? Oh, well, because, uh, I, you know, the, the leadership of the NFL has fallen into bad hands with Commissioner Salguero, who has banned trades uh, the day of the draft. Uh, I'm really up a creek without a paddle because uh, I don't love any of those guys at six, and I'm going to be forced to take one. And in that scenario, I will take Devontae Smith because uh, I think he is the number three uh, pass catcher in the draft. I don't see the Dolphins taking a tackle. Um, certainly don't see them taking a quarterback. And again, in, 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 in Universe B where, where trades are allowed, I, I trade with the Broncos and get out of that pick and take whoever's left of Waddle and Smith at nine. But I take Devontae Smith because he still is a really good player. We, we discussed, obviously, who were concerns about his size at length. But um, I think still think that's pretty decent value at six. So I'm going to take Smith, keep my fingers crossed that he can put on a little bit of weight, keep my fingers crossed that he can stay healthy, because if he can do both of those, he's going to be a re- really good player in this league. So... I guess I'm wearing many hats in this uh, in this show because I've now been anointed the commissioner of the NFL <laughs> as well as a fake GM of the Miami Dolphins. Thank you very much. Two good, high-paying jobs for me. I think I'll do fine, especially when I start to enact rules that benefit me. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? I, I Again, I'm in the minority. I don't get the hate for Devontae Smith. I don't get it. I I I watched him play last year 
and I watched him play in the playoffs, and I watched him play in the national championship game, and he was the best player on the field. And so why am I upset about getting the best player in college football on my team? I'm not. I get the idea that, oh, my gosh, he's 170 pounds. You know what? We have food in Miami, and they have weights over at the Miami Dolphins facility, and they have nutritionists, and they have all sorts of calories. And so, therefore, I'm not worried about his weight. And even if I don't put another ounce on the dude, I don't, I've never seen him get touched. I mean, he doesn't take hard hits. He doesn't, they don't, nobody stays with him. I'm not worried about him getting off the line of scrimmage. He's got great technique. Ever watch him run a route? So I, I am, again, the guy that everyone thinks is a dummy, and you can probably confirm this, Beasley, that I am, but <laughs> but I, I like this dude. I just do. I, well, I, I like him. You're, you're not alone. I mean, certainly uh, there are a lot of people around the league and in college football who think he's an absolute beast. Um, here's a couple of things. One, if they had just had the number six pick, I'd be t- totally fine with Devontae Smith being that pick. But they had the number three pick, and they had a chance to get their pick of any of these guys. And I understand Chris Greer wanted to extract some value from that pick. I understand that. That's why he made a series of trades. But in those series of trades, Armando, you're essentially you're, you're using two first-round picks on Devontae Smith. You're using the number six pick. And you're you no you're you're using the number basically the the number twelve pick and what you gave up to move to six because that's they move down to twelve and they move back up to six so you're using a, a first round pick in two thousand twenty one and a first round pick in two thousand and twenty two how many wide receivers that are in today's National Football League would you give up two first round picks to acquire the list is very short and of that list they don't have question marks like Devonte Smith does so I think. Uh, for me, him being the pick after all they've gone through would be a little disappointing, knowing what they could have gotten and knowing what they've had to give up to get him. Uh, one other point I'll, and I'll make real quick. And again, I've been on the record thinking I think their best move in that scenario is to trade back, that I think the Broncos will be eager to part with a second-round pick to go from nine to six to get a quarterback. And they can still get either Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith at nine in that scenario. Uh, Dane Brugler, 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 I, I, I mangle his last name, but the athletics, uh, NFL draft guru dropped his, uh, the beast they called his 2021 draft preview. And in that draft preview, he ranks every single player basically available and he does capsules on dozens and dozens of players of each position. And in that, and he's widely respected, people look forward to this draft book every year. He doesn't have, Devontae Smith, the number one wide receiver. He doesn't have Devontae Smith, even the number two wide receiver. He has him the number three wide receiver behind Jalen Waddle. And so the number four skill position pass catcher, because Kyle Pitts is the number one of the group. Are you okay giving up two first round picks for potentially the fourth best skill position player in the draft? That to me is, it, it, it makes me nervous. It does. And again, it could work out and, you know, 
their people's valuations always are wrong. You know, they're, they're, every year people make ma- massive mistakes and they overvalue and they undervalue. And we might have Devontae Smith totally wrong. But to me, after all they've gone through, the, the ammunition they had, the ammunition they gave up to, to come away with a guy who would be, a, you know, a, a solid player if you take him in the top 10. But at six, to me, it, it's going to be a little bit of a disappointment if that's the pick at six. All right, so let me uh, give you a quick comment on that, and then we'll move on to pick number 18 before our break. So you look, you present a very good uh, scenario. Here's my counter to that. They're not using two first-round picks on Devonta Smith. They're actually, what they did was they traded Kyle Pitts and or Jamar uh, Jamar uh, Chase, I want to say, why is Jamar Fletcher on my mind now? Jamar <laughs> Chase. Totally for, different person. Right. For de, They better hope. For Devontae <laughs> Smith and a first-round pick. It's the other way around. Because the Dolphins went from 3 to 12 to 6, but they got, they, they came away from those trades with more than what they had at number three. So they didn't give up a first-round pick for Devontae Smith. They got a first-round pick to pick number six in Devontae Smith. And, and, I, and I guess that's just how – what would you rather have? Would you rather have Devontae Smith and a first round, an extra first-round pick in 2023? Or would you rather have whoever the 12th best guy on the board is, and it might not even be a skill position player, it might be a defensive player, whoever the 12th best guy available is, uh, and two additional first-round picks. To me, I would rather have the assets, the draft assets. Again, if Devontae Smith has the career of Marvin Harrison, this is all a moot point because it would absolutely have been worth it. Um, I, I just think that there are enough question marks with Smith involved. If that ends up being your pick at six, um, that you might live to regret it someday, giving up that extra first-round pick to go get him. So with pick number 18, once again, the Dolphins unable to trade out, mm-hmm. uh, and you're picking whom? Yeah, I mean, now I really need to know who's available because, um, you know, if someone like Rashawn Slater falls to 18, he's probably not going to, but if he does – I absolutely make that pick. If a guy like Patrick Sertain uh, falls uh, from, you know, a top 10 to, to 18, I run to the podium and hand it in the card. I don't think either of those scenarios are particularly likely. So I am going to go with the local guy, Jalen Phillips. The Dolphins need an injection of talent on the uh, on, on their defensive line, on their edge. They need a pass rusher. I think Jalen Phillips is the guy, and I will happily put that card in and – a lot of those Canes fans are just going to, you know, <laughs> trade their, their UM jersey in for a Dolphins jersey. And, uh, you know, hometown kid's going to stay here and, and, and play for the Miami Dolphins. Great. And that is very well and good. And I got no no bones to pick with that. Now let me give you the worst-case scenario. Neither Rousseau nor Jalen Phillips are available at 18. You're picking whom? Uh, is Micah Parsons available? Yes, he is. I will take Mark, Micah Parsons because I think he is an excellent defender. He isn't exactly an edge guy, although he can play on the edge. But he would give that linebacker crew, uh, core an absolute boost. They'd be, be able to do a lot of different things with guys with a lot of versatility. 
They wouldn't have that one alpha dog edge rusher, although Emmanuel Agba might beg to differ, but they wouldn't have the, the prototypical guy you would think of. But I think they could do it in the aggregate. They could get pressure on the quarterback. And I think Micah Parsons would be a really good player in this defense. Very nice. And so for the record, I believe, and I have said and written many times, this draft is about one thing and one thing mostly, and that is hashtag load up for Tua. Mm-hmm. And you just went in the exact opposite direction <laughs> of hashtag load up for Tua. You went load up for the defense and Brian Flores, and I'm not having any part of that. That defense was what, number five or six in scoring last year? Is that oh, higher than that. I think three or four. Uh, was that before or after the Buffalo game? Oh, yeah. I, I, for, I, 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 I forgot how much that Buffalo game may have skewed. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. So certainly, certainly top six. So I'm not of the mind to add to that wealth of talent. And by the way, the Dolphins are kind of upside down on how they allocate resources, especially in their salary cap. It's way tilted toward the defense. I'm de- I'm dealing with the offense in this draft mostly anyway and I'm getting myself another wide receiver with the number 18 pick because I can because it's my best case scenario and so I'm going to pick someone that's really good can I have let me ask you this can I get Jalen Waddle at 18 well this is no because he's going to be gone at 18 but this this is what I was going to bring up would you be willing yes. to go would you be willing to go pits at six and then package the 18th and the 50th picks to go up to 11, trade with the Giants, and get Jalen Waddle? Get ahead of the Eagles, who obviously need help on the outside. Go get those two guys in the top 11 and, and have a great first night of the draft. Yes. And Woo-hoo, we win. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I don't, think, I don't think Pitts will be there at six. But would you be willing to do that, say – if you have Devonta Smith at six, will you be willing to go get Jalen Waddle at eleven? No, I would not. I, I think that's I think that's doubling and tripling down on on too much of one position. And they're both, let's be honest, undersized wide receivers. And I know they have different games, but neither of one of another neither one of which is a real big imposing dude. Um, so I, I I would need some versatility in the players that I select. That's why. Pitts at six would have to be the scenario. If not, I would go get the best defensive player available at 18. And there will be a lot of them because I think there is going to be a massive run on offense in the top 15 of this draft. I think of the top 15, it wouldn't surprise me at all if 10, even 11 players are on the offensive side of the ball. Well, I would remind you that Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle, while they're both considered not prototypical size, it's for different reasons. Waddle is considered smallish because he's not tall. He's five foot ten and 182, 184 pounds. Devonta Smith is considered small because he's six one and 170 pounds. It's mm-hmm. the weight with him. It's the height with Waddle. Devonta Smith. They are totally different kinds of wide receivers. Devonta Smith is a route runner extraordinaire. He is a technician. He is not a speed guy, but he is a separate, out-of-the-break, and quickness guy. Whereas 
Jalen Waddle is just elite, 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 elite speed down the field. Totally different guys. Yeah, and again, it's just it, it, it might be my uh, bias against I guess you call it bias, just uncomfortability with Devontae Smith. Uh, in that scenario, you'd be giving up again uh, three firsts and a second for Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. They can dress it up however they want, but to get those two players from where they were at 12, the assets they had at 12, you'd be giving up three firsts and a second to get those two guys. That to me is it, it just doesn't it just doesn't add up for some whatever reason. Again, it must must be I think less of Devontae Smith than you do. I think that I would like Marvin Harrison and Tyreek Hill on my team. That'd so, be good. So yeah. that would be good, and that's what I'm doing. And if not, <laughs> and if I'm staying at 50, I'm picking Rashad Bateman because he's Stevie Johnson, and that's good enough for me. And now I don't want to hear that, oh, my gosh, we didn't hashtag load up for Tua because we are loaded up at the yin-yang for Tua. We're good for Tua on the outside. We're done. We're oh done. yeah, yeah. If, if there there would be no excuses at that point, and and there and there and there is no excuse for us going long, Armando. We blew through our break, so we need to take one. But this is fine. I think we're going to do two more picks on the other side. Is that right? Yes. And on the bright side, on the other side, because it's the second round, the picks are five minutes each. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break. We'll go hit the buffet that the Dolphins put out for us every, as they do every year at the draft. And after we uh, we finish stuffing our faces, we'll we'll get on with it. Let's do it. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, in three, two, one. How did you enjoy that shrimp scampi, Armando? I thought it was great. The carving station really hit the spot. And to me, the desserts that they serve at the, the Dolphins Complex are really second to none. Yes, uh, that that is great, except it's not 2019 anymore. And so that's not happening. Let's put it that way. It's just uh, old time. It used to be this way. Those buffets are things that you will tell your grandkids who will grow up to be wonderful journalists like you, and they'll say, yeah, yeah granddad, how about those buffets back in the day? You'll go, well, Sonny, you know, they put out some great shrimp scampi back in my day. And no. And and then by the time they're covering, it's going to be, they put out some great pills that act like meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> the fries, fry, freeze-dried food that you just, you know, put a drop of water on and all of a sudden it's a succulent dinner. Yes, sir. So with the 50th pick. No, is, we got we got 36th first, right? Oh, 36th? 
All yeah. Right. I thought we traded it, but that's fine. That's fine. So, best case scenario, 36 pick then. You're picking what? Whom? Well, uh, if, if, if he has fallen that far, and there's a chance he might, Greg Rousseau is my pick. Because uh, some people have him in the top 20, some people have him in the top 40. Uh, it really all depends on if there is a run on these guys and at what point he goes. But to me, having him slip, and I would even be willing to move up a little bit in the second round to get him if need be. But uh, Greg Rousseau uh, would be a fantastic addition to this defense. And, uh, again, he wouldn't have to, to move. He could live at home. Very good. And the worst-case scenario is that there is no Greg Rousseau, Micah Parsons, because I'm going to get – I'm going to clear you of the – got to add to the defense. Uh, <laughs> and and you're going to tell me who you pick if there is no Greg Rousseau, Jalen Phillips, Micah Parsons. Oh, that's, that's tough. Now let me ask you this. Is Javante Williams available? Sure. Then I'm taking Javante Williams, the uh, dynamic running back out of North Carolina, and you've gotten your wish. I continue to build around Tua Tungabailoa. That's not my wish. My wish is hashtag load up for Tua. Oh, okay. Uh, Total difference. (laughs) Total difference. I'm trying to build a hashtag here, Beasley. Work with me. Sorry, sorry. i got to add to the brand. Hashtag load up for Tua. There you go. So you didn't ask me about Najee Harris, which is kind of interesting to me. You expect him to go much earlier. Yeah, I think he's going to be a first-round pick. I think he'll go the 20s somewhere. And, again, to me, that's fascinating. We know Travis Etienne and we know uh, Najee Harris are the two best. Well, we think they're the two best running backs in this class. But I don't think there's a huge, huge drop-off to Devontae Williams. Javante Williams. I'm sorry, Javante. Devontae is on my brain because we spent the last 20 minutes talking about Devontae Smith. Javante Williams. Uh, and and if you can get him in the in the mid thirties to go with two pretty good players you got in the first round, I think you're cooking with gas. Very good. Uh, so my best case scenario is I get Najee Harris with number thirty. <laughs> Hooray for me! I'm great because I got the best running back in the in the draft, possibly if not for Travis Etienne. I've got a 230-pound beast who is a force multiplier because he can catch the football out of the backfield better than any other running back in this draft. And that's who I'm going with to load up for Tua. My worst-case scenario, yeah, then I'm going with Javante Williams. Um, And this is why it's a worst case for me. So I was big on Javante Williams. In fact, I, I, I wrote about him. Two months ago is what I would do. And I like him a lot. I don't love him anymore. And this is my reasoning. At the pro day at North Carolina, he weighed in at 212 pounds. And he was advertised to me as 220 pounds. And I can deal with a 220-pound running back who is a bowling ball and a very um, I would say violent runner at five foot ten, who's running a five five, uh, four five five, but a five ten, two hundred and twelve pound running back who's running a four five five is not the same to me. It's different, and and it's you can't be that violent. Those eight pounds, 
it it speaks to durability in the NFL, and I'm not sure that it translates at 212 pounds. Well, I'm, I'm going to quote one of the uh, great football minds of our era in response. I'm pretty sure the Dolphins have food. I'm pretty sure the Dolphins have a weight room. <laughs> Very good. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Very nice. Yeah, you're using your own your my yeah. own dumb argument against me. <laughs> Very nice. I think Touché. we can I think we could all agree once you get to the second round, there are flaws. Like every single player you come across in the second round. Uh, will have some warts. Now the question is, how do you use your second round pick? Right. Oh, they have two of them. Do you do you shoot for the moon? Do you take one of these guys that has enormous upside, but you know could you know there's a real bust factor too, or do you just take the workmanlike solid? You know, we know we're going to get you know x number of snaps, x number of production. He's he's never going to be a star, but we know we're going to get a solid player. I would be more inclined with a 36th pick. Because it's so close to a first rounder, you're going to have someone fall to shoot for the moon to take just you know a, a, a high risk, high reward type of guy. And then at 50, I think they'd go back because I know I'm jumping ahead. I think they would go back and get the meat and potatoes, particularly if they go skill position, skill position, edge rusher in with the first three picks, or skill position player, skill position player, skill position player, which uh, isn't out of their own possibility. They need some of that. They, they need some protein on the plate, so to speak. Uh, and so at 50, I would take the best available offensive or defensive lineman. All right. So that's what you would do. What's the worst case where there are no good offensive or defensive linemen available? Like they've all been selected. The top 50 picks were offensive and defensive linemen. <laughs> They're all then gone. I'm take, then I'm taking Najee Harris, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would, you know, I, I'm sure that there's a long list of DBs that would help them they're always looking for more db help particularly at safety um maybe a slot corner somebody like that that could help um that 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 would be my thinking then with the fourth pick the best available defensive back so with the 50th pick i need a center because um god bless him matt uh scura is it that's correct um great nice wonderful but he signed a one-year deal, and I need a forever center. So I'm going to continue to hashtag load up for Tua <laughs> by giving him the best available center who can possibly also play guard. And, oh, by the way, a guy that comes to mind happens to have played at Alabama, <laughs> Landon Dickerson. Uh, I like him. I think he is going to be – an outstanding NFL player. He is the kind of leadership qualities that, or has the kind of leadership qualities that the Dolphins need, uh, despite the fact that he's a young player. And he can also play guard because he played guard previously at FSU. So I know he's hurt. I know he's been hurt. A lot of people think Creed Humphrey is better. I'm fine with him too. <laughs> he's good also. Uh, I think that you need to help the quarterback up the middle. And that's one thing that when the quarterback is under, you know, six foot one, he needs the help up the middle. He, you need to make sure that people aren't coming right into his face. So him, Creed Humphrey, maybe, you know, no, not Trey Hill because he's later round pick. 
But Creed Humphrey or uh, Landon Dickerson, those are my my guys with the 50th overall pick. What's uh, you know, quarterback is obviously the, the the easy answer. But aside from quarterback, what's one position that would blow you away if they took one in the first two rounds? Quarterback. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, look. Uh, so it wouldn't blow me away, but it would greatly disappoint me. And it's the offensive tackle. Because mm-hmm. everybody's talking about Panay Sewell. Everyone's talking about, you know, the possibility of somebody else, uh, the Slater kid out of Northwestern, although to me he's not a tackle. Um, you know, six foot three guy is not a tackle. Anyway, um, it would bother me because they invested so much last year on tackles. They picked one in the first round, they picked one in the second round. At some point, we got to get off the, uh, you know, the hamster wheel and move on to something else. Yeah, I mean, I've been on this beat since 2012, and I think they've had one year. Uh, the offensive line was really good, and that was the year they had like five first-round picks on it. Uh, it was it Pouncey and Brandon Albert and Jeremy Tunsil was on that line. I mean, they had they had a, a really good group. Uh, now they've invested a similar amount of equity into that that position and you would hope you would see that kind those kind of results you would hope you would see an offensive line that keeps their quarterback upright particularly one with an injury history and one that's able to run block I think pass pro was fine last year it wasn't great but it was fine run blocking to me was the the big concern and you and 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 yes maybe you can improve that with with tackle play but the interior alignment really are your your dogs when it comes to to run blocking, and they need to get better at that position. Maybe you know, maybe these young guys were able to put on some weight, and if you take a tackle, you're able to move Robert Hunt to guard, and then all of a sudden you just have a mauling offensive line. It's possible, I guess. Um, but for, for for two to succeed, it doesn't matter how many of these flashy toys he has. If he's getting ear hold every other play, it's not going to matter. And by the way, Dolphin fans, it's weird. Because they want a tackle, despite the fact that the Dolphins last year uh, spent so much in resources on tackle with a first-round pick and a second-round pick, like I said previously. But no one mentions guard position or the interior offensive line where they need a starting center for the future and to compete with Matt Skura. And Solomon Kinley was a fourth-round pick and proved nothing as a rookie. Uh, Yes, he played a lot. He started great. But was he great? Was he very good? Uh, I'm not sure that he was, but no one says anything about that. Well, I, I think that also speaks to the nature of interior linemen kind of being devalued. Uh, you, you pay for tackles and you get by on the interior. Um, that's, that is a philosophy in the, in the NFL, particularly because it's such a passing league now. Uh, but I agree, you need to be stout up the middle to have any chance to run the football in this league, and, and they had some deficiencies last year. That is without a doubt a New England Patriots thing uh, in years past. You know, they, they often blocked Endomic and Sue, who cost the Dolphins $19 million with two guys who were, one was an undrafted rookie and the other one was a, was a fourth-round pick, and both of them combined had a cap number of, like, $950,000. And so it was $950,000 double teaming to $19 million for the Dolphins. And it, it drove me crazy. But uh, on GM Mondo's team, my guard gets paid. 
<laughs> and my center does too. Anyway, uh, you got anything you want to add before we uh, skedaddle? Yeah, no, I mean, we got a couple more minutes. I, I, I would like to kind of talk more about your willingness to move out of six if that if that possibility does arise. Now, I think if Pitts and Chase are on the board, it's a no-brainer. You take one of those two guys. But um, would you be okay with, you know, taking a second to move down from six to nine and then probably ending up with whichever one of those Smith or Waddle is left? Because I doubt both will still be there at nine. Yeah, this is my concern, okay? Uh, a move like that says that the move from three to 12 and back up to six was not quite as strategized as well as as we all think, mm-hmm. okay? If they find themselves needing to move back to to nine, then you really didn't think it through when you moved up to 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 six because or from 12 to six because you gave up a first round pick next year to do that and the price of moving from 12 to nine is most definitely not a first round pick next year right well you would get obviously uh offsetting draft compensation yeah i mean the question is first round pick back no but you get you get a second round pick and you and you would get a second round pick back for a player who you might have taken at six if you know if those top two guys are gone there, I do think that there will be a market for the number six overall pick. If indeed, I mean the Falcons. The Fal- let's be honest. This is all a long way of saying the Falcons control the draft because we know we have a pretty good sense uh, of who the top three picks are going to be. The only quite real question is: Do you know? Do, do the Niners take Mac Jones? Do they take Justin Fields? Do they, as not many people expect, take Trey Lance. One of those three guys will be the number three pick. Now, what what do the Falcons do? Do they trade with a team who needs a quarterback? Do they, who have an Asian Asian and overpaid quarterback, draft one to replace him, or do they go and get, you know, the guy we've been talking about who might be the the, the first or second best player, regardless of position in the draft, and Kyle Pitts, and that would just kind of fell into their laps because the Dolphins decided to move out. Um, the Falcons' decision will weigh heavily on what happens the rest of the top ten. Um, Although I do think that I don't I don't know if the Bengals pick will be affected. I think they're either Chase or Sewell. I don't I don't know if they you know if if I think they would take the lineman over a tight end in that in that scenario. Uh, but either way, the you, the things are out of the Dolphins' control, and I think that's your broader point. They they have, must have gotten information that made them confident to make that trade. But if their information was we know we're going to get one of Pitts, uh, Chase, and Smith, and we're fine with any one of those three at six. That's where that's where I'd have a quibble with their philosophy because I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make that move from twelve to six to go get Devontae Smith. I just wouldn't. Well, that's possibly yeah. That's more than not likely the scenario that they were looking at. No, I mean, what well, other scenario they, could they have possibly been looking at? Well, the, the the Falcons go quarterback, or they trade with a team who wants a quarterback. In which case, they misread the the tea leaves. If if that's what, how it play, plays out, we don't know for sure. I mean, the Falcons aren't exactly telling us their plan right now. But yes, if 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 Kyle Pitts is the pick at four, they screwed up in some way. It might, it's not major because they can still extract value from that number six overall pick. But they 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 messed up with what with they with what they did because. They 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 had a chance to get Pitts at three if he was their guy, and they passed on doing that. And they 
kept, we were trying to keep their fingers crossed that either he or Chase would be available at six, and it's out of their control right now. Other teams have, you know, determined who that pick is going to be for them. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a gamble, and we'll see how it plays out. We shall see how it plays out. It better play out right because I'm getting a little bit uh, annoyed with no playoffs. <laughs> Let me put it to you that way. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, getting a little bit over the no playoffs being uh, for Mondo at the end of the season. Um, all right, so that's all we got for this week. We appreciate you joining us. We've solved all of the Dolphins' draft problems. We've covered all of their draft contingencies. We're geniuses. Uh, at least one of us is. And, <laughs> you. Uh, of course it's you. <laughs> not me. You're, the, you're, you're, you're both the commissioner of the league and the general manager of the Miami Dolphins. You're way yes, smarter than I am. I, I'm making, uh, you know, $30 million a year. <laughs> I'm good. So join us again next week on the Dolphins In-Depth Show. We appreciate you. For star of the show, Adam Beasley, I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. See you then.